scrolling through people saying things like, you know, desperately seeking a physiotherapist for my cat, you know, <laughs> trying, you know, does anyone know where I can get, you know, you know, edibles for my dog because he's stressed because of the fireworks, like all these, I just, things I can't, I just, I wish I could sympathize with, but I can't. Hi everyone, I'm Hetty Holmes and you're listening to Hacking Happiness with Dose, the podcast that explores what makes us feel good to get those happy hormones firing. My next guest is the one and only Marawa the Amazing, the Melbourne-born, globe-trotting, world-record-holding hula hoop master, known for spinning hundreds of hoops at one time, all while balancing on a pair of high-heeled roller skates. We talk about her career journey to becoming a hoop master via a stint in circus school and performances on shows like Britain's Got Talent, establishing fitness classes in London with her troupe Marawa's Majorettes, how LA life compares to London, and her book The Girl Guide, a no-nonsense guide to puberty and adolescence. As ever, we are so thankful to all our listeners for tuning in each week. To help us to keep going, we would love it if you could rate, review and subscribe. Also, please share our newsletter to your friends and family or anyone who you think needs a hit of happiness in their inbox. I hope you enjoy. Mara, thank you so much for joining me on the Dose podcast. It's, it's a pleasure. It's a pleasure to have you. So you're known as a, an extreme hula hooper. Um, you hold the record, I think, was it 200 hoops at once? Yes. Wow. Favorite record. Yeah. yeah, it's pretty amazing. <laughs> and you came, I think, let's test my memory, third on Arabs Got Talent, and then you were a semi finalist on Britain's and America's Got Talent. Is that right? And Australia's. Yeah. Wow. Because I've seen the clip on, I think it's the British one. Was it back in, when was it, 2013, or is it earlier than that? 2011? Gosh, I don't even know. Yeah, I'm not, I couldn't even tell you. No, <laughs> but I was amazed because I watched the performance and like, was it D- one of Dizzy Rascal's tracks? And it like blew my mind. I was like, how on earth did you not win that? Like who, who could have possibly beaten me that? Like, no, you it's always a singer. It's it always a singer because they, because they want to sell music at the end of it. So I don't, uh, I don't take it personally. <laughs> oh, do you remember who won that year? Or is it going a bit too far back? I honestly, I don't. All I remember is that that I was meant to be doing it in high-heeled roller skates and the day, it, you know, it's always frantic, those sort of TV shows, and the day the, of the rehearsals and the show was going to be live that night, mm. they, they built this crazy Perspex stage, which you can see in the footage, and it, mm. it had LEDs that ran through the stage and then up through the back wall as well. But in order to do that, the stage was not actually flat. It was like corrugated like it had pieces of perspex all over it so all the people that were dancing or doing anything like that were completely stuffed and I, I definitely couldn't roller skate on it because like yeah I would have... let alone walk in heels on it and I felt bad for all the dancers because they had to roll around on it so it was a bit yeah. of a, it looked it looked amazing yeah you yeah. wouldn't have known from the outside looking in <laughs> yeah, yeah it's super cool um so yeah I'd just be really interested to kick off by starting about like your career journey to becoming this hoop master like when when did you first fall in love with hooping like, I I couldn't I, I wasn't one of these kids in the playground at school I wasn't a, a child hoop prodigy I definitely um came to it much later in life but I had done rhythmic gymnastics and in rhythmic gymnastics you have rope, hoop, ball, clubs, different elements um, that you use in a sort of gymnastics format. Um, mm. And so single hoop tricks I was really good at, you know, um, spinning them in my hands, rolling them across my body, throwing them, catching them, all that, all that kind of like 
a gymnastic style um, hooping I was good at, but it wasn't until I think I was literally 21 mm. when I um, started doing circus hooping, which was having multiple hoops on your body and splitting them so that you could sort of keep one at your knees, one at your waist, one at your chest and things like that, mm. um, which was a lot. I'd like to say it was a, you know, love at first sight, but it wasn't, it was quite complicated. Yeah. And, and I definitely don't think I was a natural, but I just wanted to be able to do it. So, you know, sometimes that will get you through if you just persevere, 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 and then um, eventually it clicked. Yeah. Oh, amazing. Yeah. And, and so we, d- we touched on this before. Like, so obviously your biggest performances today, you'd probably say were like, the Britain's got talent, the America's got talent. Like, yeah, were they? Really, Arabs got talent was the biggest one. Arabs was got it? talent yeah. 300 million live viewers. Wow. Like, bigger than any of them it's crazy just the whole arab world i had no idea it was such a big show yeah that is insane actually like did you did you feel like adrenaline obviously but did you did we feel a fear or was it more excitement or was it a bit of a kind of combination of both only at the end because the first few episodes that we shot we shot them in beirut and it was um you know it wasn't on tv yet they pre-record everything so it's mm. not until you get to the finals that it starts becoming all live and so I was flying out to Beirut. I was having great, I was, I was like, this is great. But I was thinking, you know, I do a lot of shows, you know, in a lot of different places. And I just thought, no one's going to hear about this. No one's going to know about this. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it's going to pass me by and, you know, it'll just be this thing that I know I did, but no one else, you know, sort of outside of that. Yeah. And I remember the first, the, the day that the first episode aired, I was in Australia, completely different time zone. It was like 7am in Australia or something when they aired it. Mm-hmm. And, um, I like to get up early. I was up and I, and I was having my coffee and I remember I, I'd check my Instagram, you know, you check your Instagram. Yeah. And then I'd, you know, made a coffee and sort of, you know, I was, I think I was down the beach with my friend or something anyway, but literally like 10 minutes later or something. Mm. And, um, and I had like 10,000 new followers on Instagram and it was just like the Arab world was just blowing up wow. all my social media. And I was like, what is going on? Um, so yeah, that's when I found out how big it was. And then I, and then I got nervous. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty crazy. And so you kind of overnight became this sensation really, didn't you? And then were you, yeah, you yeah. Start, did you get like contacted by lots of kind of corporates wanting you to appear at events and stuff like that, like quite quickly afterwards? Yes. And then I, and then I was, and then that, the thing that was a little bit tricky about it was because I was working in, um, you know, I, I didn't expect to get to the finals and you know, have to keep going to Beirut. I think I had to go out five times total at the end, but it was when I had just started trying to live in LA. Mm. So I was flying LA to Abu Dhabi, which is 17 hours, then switch flights and do a five hour flight to Beirut to shoot an episode and then go back again, thinking surely I won't get through this round. And then they'd be like, you got through, you have to come back next weekend. And I was like, Oh my god! I had to fly back and forth. Yeah, (laughs) crazy. So, but as a young child, you travelled a lot, didn't you? So, is that something you were really used to? Yes. No, I've I've always loved travel, and and you know, um, I mean, that might have been a little bit too much, but I do I do love traveling. I do love going to new places, and I lived in the Middle East when I was younger as well. So yeah, um, it was really nice to get to go back there, and and like you said, after the show, I got. I got some bookings in Egypt and things like that. And I'd always, you know, ticked a few things off the list. I always wanted to go to the pyramids and, you know, got yeah. to go and um, see some more amazing sites. So yeah, it's, it's a, I've been really like, I feel really lucky with my career in that it's taken me to all these places as work. Yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> not not as a holiday. Yeah. yeah. It's a pretty unique career as well, isn't it? It's like, you don't just necessarily become a, a hoop master overnight. I mean, it, you've really 
you've worked hard. I mean, going to circus art school and then, you know, all these opportunities. Yeah, I, I think I was really lucky. I think, my t- I think the timing was really, really, really lucky because now, you know, there are, like the school that I graduated from is now, you know, I guess how many years ago was that? Enough years that now people, like kids in high school who, uh, who were like me, you know, who did gymnastics and, you know, you finish high school and it's kind of like, well, then you finish gymnastics, but there isn't really a place to keep going unless you're going to the Olympics, in which case you probably started when you were 10. Yeah. But um, having this new industry that, you know, and Cirque du Soleil, I think was probably arguably a big part of it and circus becoming this mainstream thing where it's like, well, you can get a job, you know, performing in these shows and touring and traveling. And so kids can now be in high school and be thinking about going towards that. Whereas when, I was in high school, it didn't really exist yet. It was like this, you know, brand new idea. I was, I didn't know where I was going to end up. So I feel yeah. really lucky. Yeah, yeah. Nice. it's awesome. So talking about like the, kind of the fitness side of things. So like, what, what is the ultimate rush? What, what, what has been the ultimate rush, would you say, of your career so far? Like, would it be those huge concept performances that you've done? Like, would you say in terms of like a kind of endorphin rush? Yeah, I still, I still always come back to one that's completely not related to any of them, which was the Sydney Mardi Gras in 2000 and... Oh, I should be able to remember this. Oh, my gosh, my brain doesn't work. It was a while. <laughs> yeah. But it was the year that Olivia Newton-John was performing and she uh, she was a surprise guest. The audience didn't know she was coming. Wow. She um, performed Xanadu. Amazing. And I was roller skating as one of the roller skaters. There was, like... I don't know, six or eight roller skaters and then like maybe 20 dancers or something. And she yeah. was, she was singing Xanadu and, you know, as a roller skater, it was, a, it was, that was a, a definite huge highlight. Only time I've ever cried on stage. I was really? like, oh, oh, this is amazing. Yeah, <laughs> I guess with, with the music as well, because it's so emotive and it probably very nostalgic and as well. Song, like the lyrics yeah. of that song and to be at Mardi Gras and everything, it was just like, you know, everything all at once. It was, it was really, it was, it was big. Oh, <laughs> I mean, for having watched your performances it's like a lot of gymnastics and like a lot of athleticism like how do you get your body prepared for doing the kind of career that you do do you spend a lot of time like working out mm, it's funny what you said about um about the adrenaline thing actually because yeah. that was I that was much later for me sort of um that was sort of in the last you know three four years I discovered from from traveling and touring a lot that yeah because my routines are they're only five minutes long. They're very short, but they're very um, high impact. And um, and I had been it, I had been traveling and doing shows, and then coming back into a different time zone, back and forth. And um, and I started having this real problem sleeping. I couldn't sleep at all. And I was, you know, talking to my physiotherapist about it and trying to get to the bottom of it. And they the conclusion was that I had my adrenaline system had gone a bit out of whack because I was getting huge spikes of adrenaline. So at two or three o'clock in the morning, I'd wake up, my heart rate was going hundred miles an hour. And I was like, am I having a panic attack? Like I'm not panicking. Like what's wrong. Mm. And um, it was, yeah, it was, you know, if your adrenaline's not running in order, it can be a nightmare. So I had to learn how to try and um, flush the adrenaline out before I'd go to sleep which was a whole new I was like man every time you think you've worked out everything about your body there's like some new thing that comes along yeah it was yeah so were you having to do a lot more things like yoga and meditation and stuff like that as opposed no it was kind of the opposite it was kind of like trying to get it all out so it was really awful I had to the the 
the thing that they say is the most effective, which I couldn't do, I tried to do it, I couldn't do it, is to sit in a hot bath. Wow. And you know when you sit in a hot bath and you, and you have to have your hands in the bath, like you, so you can't, like, you know, you've got to be really in there. And you know when you get in the bath and it's a little bit too hot and then you start thinking and your sort of fight or flight thing kicks in and that's the adrenaline sort of kicking in. Yeah. And, and the idea is, is that you have to sit and not leave the bath and let your body sweat the adrenaline out and then your body will and then your body calms down and you sort of break a sweat and you're okay and then you do it again you have to do it twice it was torture I couldn't do it I was like no way <laughs> oh that's pretty intense yeah. but like better yeah. than oh, I thought you were gonna say like having to do like an hour's boot camp class or something to get it no, no 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 no, <laughs> no, no. I yeah, I definitely did sleep well the time I did get it done <laughs> wow that is super interesting but like in terms of just like conditioning your body like are there any kind of studio workouts that you like to do or do you train yourself in a gym or yeah I, th I think um I've I've always grown up and been a big um believer in exercise that doesn't involve equipment in yeah. terms of like using your own body weight using your own body strength I just think it's you know I, <laughs> I went down this morning to get coffee and there's you know I mean everyone has their own thing and that's fine but there was you know these these outdoor CrossFit classes that I had to, I had to walk through all these people doing crunches to get to my coffee. And I was yeah. just those real guys that are just like, you're just watching them every sit up and they're going, <laughs> and you're just like, Oh no, 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 stop, yeah. stop, stop. Weight in hand and they've got like some band in the other and they've got some thing wrapped around their legs. And I was like, guys, calm down. Yeah. <laughs> Just do a yeah. beautiful plank and hold it for as long as you can. It's going yeah. to be the best core workout of your life. You oh. know? Do you use stuff like TRX, stuff like that, that supports your own body weight? Uh, yeah. No, no. I do a lot of jump rope um, and I do a lot of, um, yeah, just stuff that's not, not oh, and I and I have I also have an aerial ring in my house which I'm very spoiled with. Oh, wow. um, I, I specialised in trapeze at circus school. So, um, yeah, a lot of like that sort of lifting your body weight stuff as well which I think really helps but yeah it's having that overall cardio overall really good core strength I think is the key mm. um, rather than like today I'm working on my bicep Absolutely. yeah <laughs> yeah halves and you know I, I find that kind of stuff a bit weird do you, do you find you get enough of a kind of cardio hit from just all the dance routines and and all the kind totally. of totally yeah, yeah but you but that and that's where I think the jump rope really helps and I, I've always loved jump rope and I think it's um it's a really good way to you know, I think you can, a lot, you know, a lot of people that run and, you know, do all these other things and, but you, you, they can't jump for, you know, mm -hmm. if you can jump rope for five minutes, you've kind of. Do you, are there some really trendy classes in LA that you've discovered? Not really. I did. I mean, I've, I've always liked hot yoga. I, yeah. I think stretching and forgetting into like, you know, finding those little sore spots that you're not sure are there until you've, until you sort of do every stretch and you're like, Oh, that didn't realize that was tight. Yeah. Um, I did, I was doing Pony Sweat, which is this dance class, which was hilarious, mm. where they do, I liked it, especially because every month they had the same soundtrack. So you would learn, you know, it, it was it was nice because you'd have the sort of same mixtape every class. So you'd learn the routines and um, yeah. it was just a really sweaty dance class. That was really fun. Oh. But no, I haven't, I kind of, I've tried out some of those like weird, uh, like bar classes and I, I wanted to, I couldn't bear to actually do it, but goat yoga was really big when I first oh came God, out. Oh God, yeah. <laughs> goats climbing all over. I was like, oh, oh. 
one. I like read about that trend, but I didn't think it was actually like people were doing it for but real. Like there was a place I used to drive past and you'd look in the window and there'd be like people in like a plank with a goat on their back. And you're just like, this can't be, this yeah. is, yeah. Gone wild, yeah. <laughs> and we can't talk about fitness without touching on the majorettes which you established in London, which yes. um, I think that's how I first kind of discovered you through that, through the classes that you guys were running. So like, how did that all come about? Like, how did you get your troop together? That was 2012, London yeah. Olympics. Um, yeah. I was asked to put together a troop for the torch relay. Yeah. Um, and we put this hoop troop together, um, which is great. And then they actually got a contract with the Olympic Park to do um, like the entertainment during the Olympics. And it just sort of grew from there. It was such a great group of girls. Everyone got along really well. And we, you know, and then people were sort of saying, you know, well, how do we book you for this? How do we book you for that? And I was, that was the beginning for me of when I was trying to stop performing as much. Mm. So it, it was this great opportunity for me to like train girls that wanted to do that type of performing um, and sort of pass on all the stuff. My experience of years of traveling and touring and being a solo performer and knowing all the tricks and how people try and rip you off and what you need to make sure of and things that, you know, and, and being able to pass that on to this next generation of, of performers. And also the best bit to me about it was that, you know, we'd get bookings overseas and as much as we could, it's only really been in the last few years that some of the girls really are capable of being actual solo performers, mm. but um, we would do a lot of group. It was always group stuff. And to me, that's what made it, was you know compared to my experience of going to all these countries and having all these great times but being by myself the whole time yeah and they got to go you know as duos or or four people or you know eight people and you know all go to Paris together or all go to Sweden together and get to you know experience these things together which I think has been you know part of why the group has worked really well and why people have um stayed doing it because it's you know it's great to have those experiences yeah it must be very bonding as well for the group yeah. spending all that yeah. time together and I remember, is it Ob who is your protege, like your number yes. two for a long time? Yes, and and I was going to say Ob and Tanuke with Playtone, which they mm. now run. Yeah, um, is that independent from you from the the majorettes? Yeah, it's yeah. it's the same. It's the, some of the same classes that we developed as part of that. So they have got jump rope classes, they've got hula hoop classes, they've got roller skating classes, which is all you know, it's all kind of connected. Yeah, I remember they did some in the like the Shoreditch Town Hall. Like I've done a hoop class there, yeah. and yeah, that's super cool. I, did they do stuff virtually over lockdown? Do you know? Or yeah, 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 still going, still lots of lots of online stuff now. Yeah, yeah, that's super cool. So thinking about relationships, um, you said that you had a childhood hero, Olga Corbett. Um, yeah. So how how important is it? Do you think to have a role model as a young kid? And like, what role did she play in shaping you? I think she was really, uh, you know, it's, Olga Colbert was someone that my mum used to talk about a lot. And, mm. you know, it was pre, now I think, I just, I can't imagine being a kid now. Like when I, when YouTube happened, mm. like I think I spent two weeks at home. Like I couldn't, I, YouTube was the craziest thing I'd ever, I was like, what, this is insane. Like you could type anything into it and you could watch anything from anywhere in the world. Like you literally make up a, a list of three words and hit it in YouTube and there'd be a video, something, you know, Yeah, yeah. So when I was, you know, I just had stories to go off um, and the occasional picture or you could look something up in the library, but like you couldn't, you know, it was pre-internet. So yeah. I can't, uh, yeah. Now, of course I've watched 
all of her routines and these stories that my mom would tell me about her routines. And, you know, she was really famous for just being someone who didn't conform to the structure of gymnastics, but was clearly hyper, 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 hyper talented, yeah. um, really broke a lot of boundaries and, and changed gymnastics in a way. And I just think, yeah, it was kind of amazing. Mm. Um, yeah. Do you, do you think if you had kids, like, you'd encourage them to, like, seek out a role model? Or was it very natural, just how you just became exposed to her and, like, that just planted a seed in you? Yeah, I just, I always came back to her because I thought what she did was really amazing. And I thought it was always really incredible that, like, you think about something like the Olympics as, you know, you have a routine and you practice that routine for years and years and years and then you go to the Olympics and you do it. And she had, there was one competition, I can't remember which one it was, but she literally the night before was just like, I can't, I hate this routine. I've always hated it I'm not doing it I'm making up a new one wow. you know and just yeah. like you know and I think that's a real it's a different type of skill you know yeah. um but yeah I think they're I think they're important but I think um it's good to have a variety you know yeah, not yeah. To be stuck on one thing yeah, yeah of course um and I saw on your Instagram like that you've been with the same guy now for is it nine years um yes. and yeah yeah what's the secret to your your happiness together like is he in LA with you now Oh, well, he's the reason I'm in LA. So you're in LA. Okay, cool. Convincing. <laughs> <laughs> Very. How did, how did yeah. you meet? We met in at uh, Carnival, oh. Notting Hill Carnival, London. Which, oh. So this was this was the basis of my argument for a long time about why we should be staying in London. Okay. And he had a very good argument, counter argument, which was that I don't stay in London. I only stay there for the summer. Mm. So the compromise was that we would be based he's based in LA. I still find it hard to say that I'm based in LA. Um, and then we would be in LA for most of the year and then still do the summers in London. Yeah. So that's the, that's the deal we struck. So maybe that's part of it. It's keeping, oh. keeping both parties happy. Exactly. It's all about compromise at the end of the day, isn't it? Yeah. Totally. Is he from LA then born and bred? He's from LA born and bred. Yeah. Yeah. Very nice. Yeah. And where yeah. are your family now? Are they still in Australia or are they in Australia? So it's like, you know, this every, every year, like I said, I, I have the summers in London and then usually like last year I went um, and worked at a festival for a month and then went home for a couple of weeks. It's usually a way because of work and performing, I can hit all the bases, but it is a, it is a big complicated triangle trying to be in LA, mm. trying to have majorettes and work with them over the summers in London and then trying to go home to Australia for Christmas. And it's, mm. um, it's definitely not ideal, but uh, it is what it is. And then obviously this year, it's just everything's out the window. Exactly. Yeah. Didn't, didn't go to London for summer. It's interesting, you know, um, like, and I think we've all, I think everyone's been really checking themselves in terms of like travel and what's mm. necessary and what's not. And I've always kind of given myself a bit of a free pass because I'm like, well, it's work. So I'm not just, not just going on holidays all over the place, but yeah. you know, I definitely did travel a lot. Um, and it's been in one, in some ways it's been really nice to just be in one place, but there is this kind of like, am I ever going to see my family again? <laughs> Element which is um, not so good. Yeah, because you are literally thousands of miles apart. It's, it's quite hardcore. Yeah. yeah. And, and again, like going back to my pre-internet childhood, like I remember when my dad would be overseas, we, when we would travel, he would often go before us. And you'd have those phone calls where you'd like, you'd say hello, and then it'd take like three seconds for them to hear it. And then you'd yeah. know, you'd The delay, yeah. <laughs> yeah, all of that. And now it's like we're in the Jetsons. Like I can see you and it's all yeah, video. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, it's, yeah. it's a whole weird That's future. That's yeah, so thank, thank God for um, FaceTime and the internet during lockdown, that's for sure. 
Yeah. Did you ever use the apps like House Party at all when that was a craze or did you not really have that? No. Never, never got into it. No, yeah. I, I no. kind of did for like a week when it was all novel and then it was just, <laughs> I think we all went back to FaceTime after it to be like, right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Okay, cool. Because you, you've also written a book, haven't you, called The Girl Guide, which I think we covered was a couple of years ago that it came out now. But, um, but it's all about kind of self-care, isn't it? And, and, you know, what it's like to grow up, you know, what it's like growing up as, as a young girl in this modern world. And um, something you touched on, which I thought was really powerful, was about how you were told that you were always a bit too big to be a performer. And like mm. some of the stories around that would just be really interesting to like share some insights from it. Yeah, I think... Um puberty is a really weird time (laughs) yeah and I I think everyone has you know in whichever way it comes out it's it's a weird experience and I think for me the my big takeaway from it was like the experience of not feeling like I was in control of my body and my body was doing things that I was like I didn't ask you to do that like I didn't start bleeding right now or I didn't you know I'm like I'm exercising, but I'm getting bigger, but I'm still, you know, but my hormone, like my boobs are growing. And it's just like, it's a very, it felt very unfair at the time and took a long time to like digest. And then combined with that wonderful, uh, slightly female trait of like, you know, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. Everything's fine. Like never, never to, you know, having being in an all girls school where we all could have been talking about it and discussing it, but no one said anything. Everyone was just suffering in silence. (laughs) Um, and so I think that was my thing with the book is I really wanted to just um, sort of, you know, feeling old enough to being able to like have processed it and like my experience of it and just be like, this is what happened to me. Like, and also that feeling of coming out of the other side of it and being like, oh, you know, it's, yeah. it happens, but it's, you know, it's part of a process and it's yeah. that thing of like, and it happens all the time in life where you, you think, oh my God, is is this it? Same with like an injury, you know. Yeah. I'm never gonna do this again. Um, but the body's a pretty amazing thing, and it can, you know, change and repair itself and fix itself and um, adjust itself in ways that I'm still baffled by all the time. Yeah. Um, I think as a as a young person, it can feel incredibly overwhelming and incredibly permanent um, and stressful, mm. which is not not good and you teamed up with a doctor didn't you in in the book yeah totally like, I was like from, from the beginning I was like I'm not I'm not gonna, I was like I know what I think yeah. that's <laughs> pretty cool because it's all then yeah. validated with science and stuff and totally totally yeah. totally totally and yeah. I felt pretty good she didn't she didn't there wasn't anything that she was like you can't say that like there wasn't I, I you know we um we definitely added a few more facts and things in there with her but um I felt happy that we hadn't um made up anything completely insane (laughs) and what was the response like when you when you launched the book was it kind of did you put it out initially to your community and then kind of on amazon and and all that it was no it was perfect because it was with a uk publisher so it had the the, the, we launched it in the uk first and it's in i think it's in 18 different languages now wow it's amazing yeah it's been it's been really um it's been great and amazing watching it grow publishing is very weird industry like it's hard like books are weird because <laughs> I, I was really trying to do you know and obviously this year's a total bust but like mm. you know doing talks at schools and stuff like that was you know I loved doing that um it was always really you know every every talk I've done at a school has gone the same way like I turn up and the teachers say you know well, they're very quiet and they're very shy you know they probably won't ask any questions like you probably should just read from the book and see what happens kind of thing and every yeah. single time I go in 
and I read a little bit from the book and then within sort of 20 minutes, it becomes a free for all of just like the most wild, like some of the questions I've been asked by these kids, I'm just like, I couldn't even think of that. I was, you know, very descriptive, deep questions and the teachers are just like shocked at yeah. that. But I, it's a thing when they have someone that's, you know, when I can read something out of the book that's like my personal experience that's revolting or disgusting. Mm. And it just it breaks that they're just kind of like you know I've made, it, yeah. I've, you know, I've made it clear that you can't you know it's not going to get much grosser than that so they feel safe to be able to ask anything which I think is really yeah. important because yeah. yeah a lot of there's a lot of um, fear you know and then there's and and then a lot of terrible information mm. that is accessible you know through a secret Google search when you're a kid mm. and you're just like, well I'll just look at it on the internet and the answers are just yeah, like secretly. Bah. Yeah, yeah yeah well that's really amazing so you probably made some like positive changes in those schools and in those young communities too which is did the teachers give you great feedback afterwards and like how yeah there's one and because I'm in LA the most there's one school that I've gone back to for the last few years now she loves having mm. me great she's French and she has the French it's a French English school so they have the French issue and the and the um and the English one which is sweet oh. and in China I was gonna I was hoping to go to China this year because apparently China is one of the biggest um where the book's doing one of the, you know, the best is, is in China. <laughs> really? So it's still selling loads of copies now, even yeah. now. That's brilliant. Because yeah. you yeah. looked at it, it was a few years ago, wasn't it? So that's yeah, great. It was, yeah, it was a couple of years ago, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. Oh, super cool. So, um, so think about like self-care now for you in like the present day, like do you do like any meditation or anything for yourself to just help you like relax and unwind? Um, I did, the thing that I did last summer when I was in London that has been the most, closest thing to anything like that was hypnotherapy oh wow okay I love it it's yeah. amazing and it and it's calming it's very calming I went for clenching my jaw because I used to be not a, I'm not a teeth grinder it was more just that I would clench my jaw when I was concentrating yeah yeah like driving was a like big trigger in LA like anything like I, I don't know I wasn't sure why I was doing it as much yeah. as I was I knew I was and someone had suggested hypnotherapy um as a way to fix it and it's very calming and amazing and so I have the I have the tapes and so you listen to them and I'm, I'm kind of I find it hard to just sit still yeah, yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll either just fall asleep or um get bored <laughs> you like kind of hot yoga because you feel like you're doing something but not necessarily yes. a kind of yin or slower practice yes yeah. How do you think like the self-care practices differ in LA from the UK? Are they a lot more like woo-woo and out there? Like we touched on goat yoga before. <laughs> is it, is it crazy? This place is yeah. out of They're, They are just bonkers. It's, it is just the most ridiculous, time-consuming, expensive, unnecessary system of things to survive normal life. It's just like, it's not that complicated. Yeah, exactly. Eat three meals a day, get some sleep, and get on with it. Like, it's just... And it's like, oh, there's like a spray for this and a product. You know, someone on our... we I have a neighbourhood thread, um, uh, you know we have this in nextdoor.com it's like facebook but for the neighborhood and it's mm. i mean i just it's my it's my like guilty pleasure of scrolling through people saying things like you know desperately seeking a physiotherapist for my cat you know <laughs> trying you know does anyone know where i can get you know 
you know, edibles for my dog because he's stressed because of the fireworks, like all these, I just, things I can't, I just, I wish I could sympathize with, but I can't. I'm oh, just... that's amazing though. <laughs> I know there, there, there seems to be like a kind of chakra bead for this and a spray for that. Like you said, it's just. Absolutely. And then it's like, something, it's, every, it's up and down. Like it's things to wake you up and things to bring you down again and things to bring you up. And I'm just yeah, like, just, yeah. just, 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 just vegetables. Just, yeah. let's just go. <laughs> I think we're probably going that way though like I feel like London's always a little bit behind the US in terms of wellness trends and it's definitely going more that way like slowly but surely oh god yeah yeah, yeah no, you're probably right it's yeah coming because I mean we followed suit with all the fitness trends so now it's are all the are they doing are the CBD lattes oh yeah they're here yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> I always um, find it the funniest combination it's like you're having a coffee but you're having some CBD, like it's like you're waking up and then you're just saying, um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and talk about like diet nutrition. So like, how do you gear your body in that way for your performances? Are you quite strict with what you eat when you're training or are you pretty healthy most of the time? I'm pretty healthy most of the time. I think I, 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 um, the only thing I try to keep an eye on is, um, pro, uh, iron and protein. Cause I know when I, I, I try to get my blood checked, you know, once or twice a year and they're always like, Ooh, your iron's low. You know, um, I think it's most women are like that. So I try to, um, make sure that I don't, I'm, 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 I'm quite happy just eating, you know, greens and rice and spaghetti and stuff like that. But I forget about protein a lot. And I'm like, Oh, I need to make sure I, you know, either get some, chickpeas and lentils happening or lamb chops or something to just try and you know make sure that that doesn't completely drop off yeah so you're not like vegan or anything you just you're just not that big on protein no, yeah no I'm not I'm I'd say I'm like I'd, I'd call myself like a vegetarian that eats yeah. meat a couple of times a week and I you know I'm very like careful and specific about where my meat's coming from I'm not you know I'm really like it's it's expensive you know it's expensive to eat nice meat that's coming from a nice farm from some you know um as it should be <laughs> like the, the you know again being in a country that's obsessed with eating more for less and you know chicken like chicken breasts that are the size of a whole chicken and they're only two dollars and it's like well where the fuck did that come from like i don't want to eat that that's you mm. know I've had so many weird like diets as well recently on podcasts from like, Americans. Like one was like a qualitarian, so just going for like quality ingredients. One was a nutritarian or something about just like finding nutrients in food. It's like, ah, oh, there's so many different terms. It's just kind of reinvent. It's just so yeah. complicated. And it's like, guys, you can't cheat the system. Like everyone here is trying to eat like, you know, every, like I, there's, you know, I have to be real. Like it took me ages to work it out when I first started living here and I got acne when I first started living here and I'd never had acne my whole life. And I was like, what is going on? And I was, I realized that it was because all these things that I was eating that I would normally eat cheeses and milks and, you know, breads and things like that. And I was like, Oh, the ingredients that are being added into this are just out of control. And, and it took me ages to realize that like, you know, you have to sit and I have to work out, which you know you go you go to get like some you just want some greek yogurt mm. and you go and there's 700 types of yogurt there's some weird like this cashew yogurt and zero percent fat yogurt 0.1 percent fat yogurt two percent yogurt you know no lactose free yogurt this and i'm just like i just want the yogurt i just want yogurt just some straight <laughs> up i don't want all these you know you get these ones that have claimed to be all these kinds of things 
and then they um and then they and then they um I'm getting distracted because my husband is texting me saying no, that's my, fine. My squirrel, my squirrel has just my pet squirrel has just shown up at the back door. You're so LA, your pet squirrel. <laughs> she's the highlight of my life right now. You don't get a my, dog, you get a squirrel. <laughs> yeah, she's been my quarantine buddy, but she's been she. We haven't seen her for a couple of days. That's why I'm so excited. Oh, so she comes back all the time. She, she you give her back. a little bit of food and. Yes, yes, but she's been, but it's been so hot. She's been, um, she's been hiding. <laughs> oh, to take her in. Um, I am gonna. Oh, she comes. She does come in. I have to keep her out. She, she, she was. She's quite happy to come in the house. Oh, yeah. It's just. It's all. The, it's all the things. You know. You you flip the back of the packet and you look at the label and it's like, what are these twelve or twenty five ingredients that all start with X Y Z? I was like, these are not things you're meant to be eating. You know. Yeah. So it's a bit of a process, like getting to know the new food over there, and yeah, and it's and, and I just think it's like people are trying to cheat. They're just trying to. They want to eat. The, it's this obsession with like, you know, finding some. Everyone's looking for the diet that's gonna make them look the most cut and buff while they can eat the most shit. And it's like, mm. it's just, you know, yeah, it's common sense off there, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's just like eat eat three meals a day, have some snacks do some exercise, calm down. Voila, you know? that's it. Yeah. <laughs> Easy. Yeah. <laughs> um, so like thinking going forward, like if you can with, with everything that's going on in the world, like are you, are you still thinking of like training with the major acts again? Or like are you still keeping your routine? Yeah, totally. we, we talk every day. We were talking Aww. this morning. It's, cool. Yeah, we, we have a, I'm, I get up early, so it works quite well. I'm usually yeah. up to their um, afternoon. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and so, yeah, we, 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 we talk all the time and they're still training. They're, they're doing, we've been doing like some zoom, they do zoom training and then we've had some zoom shows, um, zoom classes. So yeah. Awesome. And have you got any kind of big events on the pipeline or is it quite hard to plan like with everything that's going on? Like It's hard to plan right now. Yeah. 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 At the moment we're just focused on, I've, I've got two of the girls from London helping me with the shop in LA which oh, is yes. I want to talk to you about this this is awesome this new venture so wh- when did you launch the shop has it been the shop, believe it or not the shop is 10 years old if you so it, it used that. to be called something else though didn't it, it was supermarket a- hoopermarket.com it was yeah. Yeah, yeah it was the supermarket for Hooper, all the hoops oh, and um Hoopermarket was, uh, yeah, this online shop where you could buy a hula hoop and I would send it in the post. It was quite complicated and, and very stupid, but it was great fun. Yeah. And, um, and then we had a little shop, which we still have in Dalston in, in East London, and, um, which has actually just had a refurb. It's been painted. The girls have been working on it over, the, um, over quarantine. And, uh, and then when I moved to LA more permanently, um, I you know, it was, it was, the shop had originally been set up in London, but it, it just eventually made sense to move it all to LA. Um, so I switched everything to here, but also we opened up doing a lot more, um, a lot of different things. So, you know, um, crop tops and sports bras and bike shorts and all the stuff I love training in cotton, like very anti-active wear. Um, I, you know, it's been funny, like, we were doing it before that sort of blew up, but it's been really interesting watching activewear become this bizarre, like, you know, especially in quarantine, like people wear it obviously not to work out. Like people are just yeah, wearing yeah. it 24 seven. Like loungewear. Yeah. 
like loungewear except like hypersexualized. Like I keep seeing, you know, especially in LA, it's like everywhere you go, there's like someone walking down the street, definitely not going to work out, but they've mm-hmm. got like, you know, like pale pink, like completely sucked, like 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 contoured, you know, um, tights on that have like an alternating um, seam up the butt, so it kind of looks like they're wearing a g-string, but they're not. But it's like, mm-hmm. it's, yeah. what's happening? Like I'm like, what's what is this happening? <laughs> I'm like, I'm happy for them. Like go for it if that's your thing. But it's like the idea that to me, when I work out, like the last thing I want is a pair of leggings that are constricting me and sucking in my stomach and mm. lifting my butt cheeks or whatever. I, I just want to be in Com- something breathable. Yeah. Cotton lycra, something breathable that I can sweat in, that I can move comfortably in. Yeah. Um, that's sort of what is behind all the stuff we sell in the shop. Yeah. What, what can you see is selling well at the moment? Is, it, is there anything in particular? Everything leopard print. People really? love I mean, I, and I understand, I love leopard, but we just, we keep selling out so much. This year has been crazy because, you know, everyone's shopping online because that's yeah. how it is. Um, but uh, yeah, so, um, and then obviously the skates, like we, I have a, I have a skate model that I uh, made with Impala and it's the only skate we sell. And um, I did my order for sort of February, which I thought was going to be enough skates to last us through the year and it sold out in three hours and I was oh. like oh. it's like roller skating's definitely having a moment right now yeah so, um yeah we're just constantly trying to get stock and then it keeps selling out and we're just trying to keep up with it at the moment which is great it's a good problem to have yeah great problem to have yeah <laughs> oh Mara it's been such a pleasure talking to you on the podcast thank you for joining me yeah. I know there's a bit of a time difference I'm really conscious it's something really dark and it put the light on so <laughs> getting a little bit dark my side but um but yeah what what have you got planned other than speaking to your new little furry friend i'm gonna go talk to my squirrel and yeah. then i'm actually going to pick up some samples for this new top secret project we've got oh. going for the shop um which oh. is to do with recycled bottle caps so um it's coming out pretty soon but i won't give any more away but it's um it's it's great i'm very excited about it oh, well we'll stay tuned <laughs> and look out for that yeah <laughs> cool well thank you so much and uh, yeah i hope to catch you when you're in london sometime yes sometime one day one day, one day. One yeah <laughs> good and i know shara is very keen to see you as well, oh yeah well. please send my love yeah 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 Yeah, i will be cool well enjoy your day and uh yeah speak to you soon thank you thank you If you have any questions about today's podcast, please drop us a line at hello at whateveryourdose.com. 